47% of you going, oh, I love him. <laughs> um, um, no, I just want to—I just want you to stand. That's all. Um, I do want to um, just give you a little update uh, in the way of a, of a last announcement. Um, you know that uh, Stephen Potasek, our worship pastor, left about one month ago. Stephen and Amanda went to Grace Community Church, and God's going to bless them there and bless that church through them. Uh, so we're in the search process right now, and I just wanted to give you a little update on that. Uh, as we search for someone to lead our worshipers here, and really we are looking for a lead worshiper, not necessarily a worship leader, if you know what I mean. We're just looking for someone, well, like Clay, (laughs) who worships and says, I'm going to the king, want to come with me? So uh, it's beautiful. Um, So I've got about 30 resumes. I've talked to six or seven people, some in person, some by phone. We're still in the process. We have a small team of elders that's working together and beginning to talk to people. And I have no doubt that God has prepared the exact person that he would have to come here and be our lead worshiper. So I just want to let you know that we're in the process of that. Hope that that person will be here uh, by maybe October 1. That's what I'm praying for. Um, In the meantime, we get a chance to worship um, with people that are God's brought here. You know, we have a deep bench when it comes to worship. And uh, I'm just so thrilled uh, that there's no such thing as a second stringer here. <laughs> uh, we've just got a people who deeply love Jesus, and um, they lead us into his presence. So continue to pray for that, for God to highlight that person uh, to us and to them. And uh, let's pray for that right now. God, thank you that you know exactly uh, who you've called to bring here, uh, to place here in our midst to lead us as we worship you. Lord, a person of humility a person of great joy and love, a person of passion with leadership giftings, and Lord, a great heart to be in your presence. And so we just ask that you would prepare them and us for them and uh, continue to do your great work as you uh, uh, move people around in the kingdom. We're so thankful that we get to be on the team of the kingdom and that, Lord, with you at the helm, we win in the end. Let's pray for your grace upon us in Jesus' name. Okay, you can be seated. Thanks, it's fun news. Okay. So Chris gave you, uh, he gave the first test of the day. That was an easy one. He said, which one of you are men? Remember that? And most of you, pretty much without thinking, knew how that worked out and raised your hand. So I'm going to give an even easier one. Which of you actually have the ability to speak, raise your hand, or nudge the person next to you? So raise your hand if you have any of those abilities. Laura, nothing? You got nothing? Oh, there you are. Good. Okay. So this is going to be a little different. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying this forever and ever, amen. But as I speak today, I want to uh, give you a little more freedom than you might normally feel to interject. I'm not necessarily looking for your comments, though I'm sure they're great. But I am looking for your challenges and questions this morning. So as I share some things I think the Lord's uh, given to me this morning, I'm just going to give you the freedom to just, you know, if I make a point, I say something, and something inside you says, I don't understand, or I want to know more, or heck, amen, it's also uh, legal, then I just, I, I'm going to give you some freedom, okay? So just raise your hand, pretend like you're back in fourth grade. Raise your hand, I'll acknowledge you. No, I don't mean now. <laughs> you're so obedient. Um, if that happens, okay, do you get it? Do you feel the freedom? Do you kind of feel like, okay, this is going to be give and take, this is going to be fun. Steve. No, <laughs> the amen and the raising hand do not have to go together. It's um, A, B, or both of the above. Okay. Um, I had a dream. And I want to I communicate the dream that the Lord gave me. Uh, this is a couple of months ago. 
and uh, I felt like I was supposed to share it this morning. There's uh, some scriptures that go with it. It's definitely instructional for me, but I believe it's instructional for us. So what I want to do is, is briefly relate to you the dream. This was an actual dream at night while sleeping. Uh, relate to you the dream and then take you to some places in the scriptures that the Lord highlighted through it, specifically spoke to me in the dream, and then hopefully see how the Holy Spirit would apply those for us. Um, <clears throat> let's uh, start with reading this scripture from Psalm 27. Psalm 27, 1 to 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, here's the key phrase, even then will I be confident. One thing I ask of the Lord, this is what I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his tabernacle and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his tabernacle will I sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. So it was uh, sometime early part of March, and uh, I woke up with uh, having had a very vivid dream. And I do dream relatively frequently. It's not often that I know that I know that I know it's a dream from God, but this one was. And so uh, in the beginning of the dream, I was with one of my sons, and we were uh, in like a big conference setting, a conference area. There were buildings around, and a big hill, and it was sunny and, and, and you know, beautiful out. And uh, my son and I walked down to this little cabin, and we looked into the, this cabin, and there were all of these preachers in there. I'm not going to tell you how I knew they were preachers. I'm just telling you they were preachers. And they were preachers of a certain style. And, and I saw them all there, and we were just looking from the outside. And I kind of turned back to my son. And when I turned again, I looked inside the, the room, and my son was sitting in the room of preachers. And uh, this part I can't understand. He had rec specs on. You know what rec specs are? So glasses you wear when you're playing basketball or something, you know, they, they, they give you the ability to see clearly in a time of competition. And I saw my son in there and he was just very calm with these very different group of people. Okay. I'm not even going to explain what that means because I'm not completely sure, but uh, we'll find out from there. I walk up my, I leave my son. I walk up to the top of the hill and at the top of the hill, there are hundreds of men gathered. So I mean hundreds, I don't know how many, just hundreds of men are gathered there. And all I know that somehow in my spirit, in the dream, I know that we're called together to go on a journey. So so I, with all of these men, not leading, just with these men, am called to go on this journey. And so we start on this journey, like literally across, picture of Scotland, you know, like the top of a field, this high field, and we're just going on this journey together. And we're, we're started out walking. So there's a large group of men and we're walking and, and as we're walking, all of a sudden we hear a sound in the distance and it's warplanes. And, um, you know, I mean, I've never experienced that personally being in war, but I've watched enough movies, right? You just hear it in the distance, sort of a thump, 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 and then all of a sudden they're close. And I looked behind me in the dream and I saw, I mean, the sky was just filled, just dotted with warplanes. <clears throat> and these planes came in three waves. 
And so the first wave of planes, they came as we were walking and they were throwing down landmines. I mean, this is so vivid in my dream. And these landmines were like little black, maybe five or six sided pieces of metal and they would plop in front of us. And when someone stepped on one of the landmines, it would go and they would be injured. And so we're, we're going and as, as we're going, I'm realizing the enemy's dropping landmines and we have to avoid them. All of a sudden in the dream, I come to a barn and I'm thinking to myself, I need a horse. I mean, I, I'm, I got to get, I got to get through this. So <clears throat> you're finding out about me as the strange things occur in my dreams. I walk out of the barn and I don't have a horse. I have a two by four. This is going somewhere. I promise. I have a two by four. And does anyone ever have a little like fake uh, horse when you were a kid? It had a little horse, but it was just a little stick. You know what I'm saying? And you just did this. Okay. I get the two by four and I'm thinking to myself, a horse would have been better. But I realize that the two by four jumps. It's got like, uh, like a springy thing. And I'm literally jumping through the landmines on the two by four. I realized at the end of the dream, had I been in a horse, I would have been demolished. I mean, had I just been tromping with another being, we would have been blown up. God gave me what I needed in the dream to get around these landmines. Interesting. <clears throat> I continue to go and I hear the planes again. And the planes come this time and they're, they're sending out these force fields, like a wave of power, like you can just see almost like a jellyfish coming through the sky, a wave of power. And I can sense, man, we're going to get hit by this force that's going to kill us. So in the dream, all of a sudden, don't you love it when it happens in a dream? All of a sudden, I have a shield. And I take the shield and I put it like this, and now I'm running through the field. And I'm not looking anymore at these forces, but I've got my shield. And I can feel my shield go thump, thump, thump to thwart these power forces. And I'm beginning, I'll admit, in the dream to think, I am pretty cool. So um, I'm, I continue on. Um, the next scene, the planes come a third time. And this time the planes are literally dropping firebombs. Literally firebombs. And so as we're running now, all of us, we see these bombs will stop and they just explode in front of us. And it occurs to me in the dream, I have no protection but trust. I have no protection but trust. There's nothing I can do to stop this. All I can do is trust. And in my dream, I realized, trust and believe that God, as I run forward, will protect me because I didn't know where they were going to drop. <clears throat> and at the end of the, at the, end of the dream, uh, we come to this other part of the field. Um, I will tell you the truth. We did not arrive with all of the people that we started with. There was a smaller group of men. And, and I never saw anyone killed. I just realized we're a smaller band now. And then something inside me said, now it's time to return. You've got to go back. I thought, Lord, <laughs> I don't want to do that again. But we turned around and started back. In other words, we were going to go back through it again and, and, and recognize the same type of battle. And just before I woke up, in my dream, I've one time in my life experienced this. I heard, I don't know if it was the voice of God. I don't know how this all works. I just heard Psalm 27 Psalm 127. And I knew that I, ho- I heard it in my dream. Because you know how it is in a dream. In my dream, I hear Psalm 27 and Psalm 127. And I think with my highly intelligent brain, I think to myself, oh, 27 
127. 1 plus 2 equals 7. Perfect. I'm not that stupid, so I know that was a dream thing, you know? So I knew when I woke up, I mean, it's ringing in my head, Psalm 27 and Psalm 127. And so I spent the next week or two just in Psalm 27, memorizing in Psalm 127 and seeing what it was all about. So I'll get to those verses, but let me tell you what the Lord spoke to me through the dream, and I think it's for us. We're in a battle. Okay, how many came in just wondering, are we in a battle or not? Most of us know, we're in a battle. It's not just a battle for the vineyard. It's not just a battle for your life. It's, just not, it's not a battle you know, out in the world. It's a battle in, for the kingdom. The kingdom of God has invaded. There's an enemy of the king. His name is Satan, and he's after us. He hates us with a passion. And we'll do whatever he can to distract, dissuade, injure, destroy us. That's the enemy's job description. And we're called as warriors, every single one of us. Not just men, not just mature believers, every single one of us is called on the journey towards heaven, outfitted with gifts, some of them strange like a two-by-four, outfitted with gifts, and we've got to go on the journey. We've got to go on the journey. We can't not go on the journey, and we must not go by ourselves. We have to go with one another. So when I, as I prayed through this dream, I said, Lord, what are you trying to tell me or us about how to, how to go in this battle? And so three things, relatively briefly. As I, as I think about those waves of attack, that first wave of attack where the enemy was throwing these landmines, I realized that those are temptations, those are sins, those are opportunities that the enemy puts before us, which we can avoid. Those things that drop in front of you that you can avoid. Those sins, those temptations, those um, tendencies in your life that you know you can get around them. And when I say that, as soon as I say sin, temptation, difficulty, something that would distract you, I don't have to go through the list because you know yours. You know where it is. You may have never told anyone what it is, but you know it. It's that thing that drops in front of you and, and your tendency is to run over it, and it causes injury, harm, shame, damage every single time. There's never a time that you walk into it that it doesn't cause you pain or shame or damage your being in some way, and yet it doesn't kill you. 1 Corinthians 10.13, which I quote a lot because it's a powerful verse for me, no temptation. Picture the landmine coming down in front of you. <laughs> There it is. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. The thing that you're thinking about is you're not the only person who's ever dealt with it. Your self-hatred, your addiction, the way your mind works, your obsession, your confusion, that lie, that activity, you're not by yourself. Don't... Thank you. (laughs) Whoo! We're rolling now. You're not by yourself. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. But with the temptation will provide the way of escape. For some of you, the way of escape to you feels like a two by four when you want a horse. And I'm telling you today, if the spirit of God is within you, you have the wherewithal to avoid the temptation. 
There is a way of escape. It might seem strange. It might be unwieldy. People might look at you and say, you look weird. Hopping around that temptation on a two by four like it's a horse. But it'll save your life. There are those things that the enemy puts in front of us. And God has provided a way. It's divine. A way for us to avoid those. To get around those. To jump over or move aside. You can't do it alone. Don't keep that secret hidden. You know, to, it's, it's a season of openness right now. It's a season of warfare. But it's a season of God equipping his people. And one of the things he gives us is one another. Share it. Here's my struggle. Here's my difficulty. I don't want to get blown up again. I only have so many limbs left. I've been blown up by this thing so many times. I want to get around it. Be with me. And then this wave, this force came, you know, and I realized that I had to keep running forward. I could not turn my attention to where this force was coming from because I can't run backwards very well. I'll fall down. And so all of a sudden, God provided. I didn't make, weld, buy. God provided a shield. And you know where I'm headed. Ephesians 6, 16. How many of you knew that? Three and a half of us. In addition to all this, Paul has just gone through the weapons of our warfare. The weapons, the power that he gives us, that God gives us. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, which which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. God has given you a weapon. It's called faith. Faith is invisible. But faith working shows itself every time. Faith is invisible. You don't walk around and say, look at my faith. You walk around and people say, wow, I saw their faith. Because they weren't distracted to look at the enemy when the difficulty came. They kept running forward into the kingdom. The shield of faith says this, God, I don't know how you're going to keep this one from me. I really don't know how you're going to work this out. I don't know how you're going to provide I don't know how you're going to work out this relationship. I don't know how you're going to heal me from this, but I'm not going to turn towards it to worship it or give it power. I'm going to keep moving forward with my brothers and sisters on the journey you've called me to. The shield of faith goes like this over our shoulders. And it just said, I mean, in a sense, it's like, can I say that in church? No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's, 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 it's kind of like flipping the enemy of the bird, you know? It's kind of like saying, here's my shield of faith. Not in a crude way, just listen. I, I've, this whole thing has been dealt with by Jesus on the cross, and my faith is just to let you know you're, you're defeated. So shoot your power force at me all day long. I'm running forward towards Jesus. That's what faith looks like. It feels confusing. It's scary. How hard is it to walk down the path that you know God has called you to when the enemy's firing from behind? It feels scary. You're like, I'm moving forward, but what's back there? I I know I'm called ahead, but what if? And faith just takes the what ifs. Because faith responds to the reality of God's redemption in our lives already. It's been done. The enemy can, can bring some damage, it's true. But he's not going to take us out. John 10, Jesus says, Everyone that the Father has given me, I hold in my hands. No one can take them from me. So if you've been uh, collected by Jesus, if you're protected in, in, in the Son of God, the enemy can't hurt you eternally, okay? Eternally, he can't hurt you. We walk forward in faith. 
And let the enemy deal with the enemy. Let God deal with the enemy. That's faith. And then finally, there is this place in our lives, in the battle, as the people of God, when we have to be realistic and say, the only weapon we have is trust. Some of you are realizing I'm in that situation right now. This thing I'm dealing with is not something that I can avoid, and it's not something that I can just keep running and say, God will take care of it. If God doesn't save me and protect me, I'm toast. How many of you have been there at some point in your lives? At some point? Many of us. Let's say all of us. At some point you realize, I can't avoid this, and I can't just put my shield of faith. My only hope is that God will protect me. My only hope is that God will not allow the, the, the deadly drop to happen upon me. That's, that's, that's where some of us are, where our only weapon is trust. Psalm 127, the psalm that the Lord gave me, one of them at the end. Psalm 127, 1. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. Unless God does the work and we trust God to do the work that only God can do in our lives. And you know what? The Holy Spirit shows us what that work is. The stuff only God can do. Unless he builds the house, unless he guards the city, what we do is in vain. The way we try to defend ourselves, the way we try to ignore, the way we try to minimize the difficulty in our lives, the pain that we feel, the questions, as much as we do that, unless God does the work, we're not going to make it. And I just want to tell you this morning, God is building the house. And God is watching the city. When I think of that, I think uh, personally for us, this vineyard church is the house. This is a house. This is God's house, right? Not his only one. He's very wealthy. He has many homes. But this is the house of God, and he's building it. He's building it. You feel it right now. Like he's building something in you. He's calling you up. He's building us. And God is watching the city. When I think of God watching the city, I see God looking at all the churches of Indianapolis and saying, you know what? I'm not letting you guys get taken down. If you'll bond together, if you'll have a perspective of the kingdom, if you'll worship Jesus and Jesus alone, then guess what? I'm watching and guarding the city. So not just as a house, but as a collection of houses, as a city of God, if I can be bold, (laughs) as a city where God wants to hang out, Indianapolis, we can be assured that we're not going to lose in the end. Because God's building the house and God's guarding the city. Psalm 27. When um, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? When evil men advance against me to devour my flesh, when my enemies and my foes attack, they'll stumble and fall. Does it say if evil men advance against me? No. (laughs) No, it says when deal with it. Evil men will advance against you. They are advancing against you. The enemy's after you. We're just not going to run in fear from him. There's no reason for us to. Though an army besiege me, this is David, though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. What? (laughs) Like, how does that work? It works because David knows clearly who's in charge. David knows clearly who is the king of the kingdom. 
mean, David isn't puffed up with some sort of attitude like, I'm all that in a bag of chips, you know. That's not David's attitude. Psalm 131, David says, but I'm, I'm like a weaned child at, at his mother's breast. I don't even concern myself with things that are too big for me. That's David's attitude in Psalm 131. Here he says, send the army against me and I won't be afraid. Why? Because there's a king over the kingdom. His name is Jesus. He's, he's, he's hit the shores of the world. He's launched uh, an, an invasion and he's called a bunch of people and it's you <laughs> and it's me all on our two by fours hopping around the way of holiness and using our shield of faith which looks so silly and can't be seen but the evidence of is powerful though an army siege besiege me my heart will not fear though war break out against me it already has just we're not in a peacetime we're in a wartime but that means courage not fear We're in a time of war. Even then will I be confident. And finally you say, what's the point? Right there's the point. Even then will I be confident because God has given me what I need to avoid the landmines the enemy's putting in front of me. Because God has given me the gift of faith to let the enemy see what Jesus has already done while I'm moving forward in my life and in my calling. And because in the end of it all, God can be trusted to protect us eternally. Some of us are going to lose our lives. Gee, Randy, this is happy. But let's just be honest. Some of us are going to lose our lives in one way or another. It's a battle. But the final war has already been determined. And so we're just in a place, people, where we've got to recognize the reality that there is war around us. But it doesn't need to take us to fear Anxiety, cowering back, no, confidence. And can you believe this, joy? Because we walk around in the midst of the battle with the hope of the world in us. I mean, like, that ought to make you just do something. (laughs) We walk around with the hope of the world within us. That's why, though we grieve, Jane and I were at the hospital again Saturday night. Another family in our church lost a baby at 18 weeks. Are you kidding? And we grieved. And yet we sat there and we prayed with this couple and we grieved, but not as those without hope. We grieved because it's a reality. We lost someone in this battle, but not as those without hope because we could say this couple... This couple had already named their child. They'd named their child Isaac. They knew it was a boy. Isaac, the promise, laughter, the promise. And after Barry's message last week, you remember Barry's message, one word, with? They had just decided they were going to name, the middle name of the child was going to be Emmanuel. Isaac Emmanuel. Laughter, promise, the with of God. And we're able to sit there and recognize that we're grieving in the moment, but our hope eternally is that Isaac Emmanuel will be waiting for us. And in heaven, I mean, he's probably a gatekeeper up there, you know? He's just ahead of us. We carry the hope of the world. It's a battle, but God can be trusted. He's given you what you need to get around the tough stuff. 
a shield of faith to walk ahead and not be distracted by the enemy. And God can be trusted in the end. we just got to do it together. Why don't you stand and we'll pray. Good. Communion servers can come forward. God, I thank you for <clears throat> the reality that we can live in. Yes, there's a war. God, we won't ignore it. We won't deny it, but we won't fear it. There's a war, Lord, and you've won it. And in the battles that are a, a part of these next decades or centuries or days or hours, Lord, before you come back, we just ask for the confidence, the empowered wills, the courage within to keep walking, to hop around those places that the enemy would try to injure us with and to walk in faith and confidence in your ability to protect us. And Lord, to joyfully live out the hope within us that you are our stronghold. You're our high tower. You're our solid rock. You are our shield and our protector, the lifter of our heads. You are building the house. You are guarding the city. And God, the kingdom, the king of the kingdom will reign forever and ever. We worship you in his name, Jesus. Amen. Um, I don't want uh, our time together this morning to be just theoretical. The presence of God is not theoretical, it's reality. And the reality of the, the war that we're in, the battles that we face, they're not theoretical, they're real. They're real landmines. There's real attack and there's a real need for protection. So uh, I w- I, this is what I think the Holy Spirit is doing this morning. I think he's speaking to us, each and every one of us. And he would like to send you out this morning with the recognition of maybe one of those landmines that, that the enemy puts in front of you. That you would go to a brother or sister or talk to a pastor or a friend about how I can get move away from this, this thing that gets in my way. There's a place of of struggle in your life maybe where faith is required and you're so tempted to stray and to look back and to focus on the problem and the enemy and the difficulty and God's calling you to go forward. Once again, if that's where you are, the Holy Spirit's giving you someone to talk to, a direction, a new courage to keep walking. And Some of us just know that we know that we know we've got to have the certainty within that God will protect eternally. Boy, the confidence that comes when you know that you can't be killed because you died with Christ already. You can't kill a dead person. (laughs) You can't kill a dead person. You died with Christ. And you've been raised to new life. And it's an eternal life that the enemy can't take away. So if you'd like someone to pray with you about those things this morning, you just want to stay a little bit, a few more minutes in God's presence, you're welcome. If the ministry team can come forward, that'd be great. I'll pray for us. God, release the truth now among us into every heart and every spirit. There's an amen. Every mind. Lord, just release the truth of your provision and your protection and our greatest weapon trust. Lord, we just want to walk out of this uh, place this morning with real hope and an understanding of the reality that we, we, we walk with that hope everywhere we go. Jesus, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for sending the Spirit. 
So send us with strength and courage. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like someone to pray for you, uh, feel free to come forward. If you just want to kneel in front, you can do that too. And if you're one who needs to know Jesus today and you don't know how, I'm just going to be up here in the front row. I would love to talk and pray with you. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Have a great day.